Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy Podcast. I'm Alison Perry and you're listening to episode 37. My guest today is Lucy Sheridan, the world's first and only comparison coach. Lucy works with clients and also speaks about how to aim for a comparison-free life. Now, if you're anything like me, you'll spend a fair amount of time comparing yourself and your family to others. It's not a nice trait to have, but I do think it's something we all do. From how much veg your child is eating compared to that child over there, and how calm and patient that mum is compared to you, to how well a friend is doing in their career compared to you, or even comparing how toned her arms are compared to yours. Although personally, I quite like my bingo wings. Um, It's something that we all do. So in this episode, I chat to Lucy about why we compare ourselves to others. Also, how to work out what our comparison triggers are and how to deal with those comparison issues. We also chat more generally about how much of ourselves we should put online. And Lucy talks about us all creating a digital tattoo of our lives. Um, And also a little bit about how to be kind to ourselves online. So hopefully you'll get some pearls of wisdom from Lucy as you're listening to this episode. Lucy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited. (laughs) Um, No, I'm really genuinely excited to have you on the podcast. Um, And I really wanted to have you on. It's kind of interesting because my podcast is all about parenting and motherhood mm-hmm. and you're the first non-mother I've had oh on or non-parent gosh. yes um but the reason I really wanted to have you on was because I feel like what you talk about mm. is relevant to everyone mm. but it is it seems super relevant to parents and mothers and I feel like um whenever I hear you talking or read stuff that you've written it kind of really speaks to me and it really resonates oh. So I just thought it was really important to have you on and to hear what you've got to say. Well, I'm delighted. I'll give you almost good stuff. Do it, do (laughs) it, please. Um, So comparison. Yes. Why is that something that we do? Gosh, I think it's something that's always been around. So, for example, I think it even made it into the Bible. You know, you think about, you know, thou shalt not cover thy neighbour's ox or donkey or whatever. And, okay, maybe the um, the comparisons don't translate to the modern yes. age. But in terms of, like, being warned against um, wanting what other people have, it's been around for a long, long time. Why do we compare? 
ultimately we compare because we're not necessarily feeling really grounded or rooted in like on our own path Mm -hmm. and so we look outside ourselves and it's really easy to spring outside ourselves and look at what other people are doing and then um, make those comparisons make those judgments and we just never come off well really apart from if maybe we're (laughs) doing kind of other types of comparison I think it's a natural trait that comes up with many many of us the majority of us when we are feeling a bit disconnected so sometimes um that's why I think comparison has a scale as well sometimes you'll find yourself where you might be a little bit irked by something you see on social media oh goodness I wish I'd done that or they look like they're really doing well over there and sometimes there might be almost like long-standing rivalries where there's certain Mm. types of people certain types of things that you've compared yourself through to excuse me all through life so it's kind of awareness is everything around it really but ultimately when people say how do we stop comparing well it is the process of getting really really clearly back connected with yourself and what you want Um, but unfortunately there are lots of tips and techniques I'm sure I'll share some of them today but it isn't just a switch you turn on and off it's a a state that we're in a a process and it's almost um, I guess like that state we find ourselves in which has kind of you know it, it lingers and lingers around so for example Envy is um, a feeling, isn't it? It's emotion, but it's transient too. I might feel envious now, but I might feel hungry in 20 minutes. (laughs) Comparison is kind of, is more complex than that. And that's why, um, well, yeah, that's why I bang on about it all the time because I think it is a bit of a taboo as well, which is ironic considering how many of us actually experience it. But then also envy is a bit of a taboo as well. Like it feels like, you know, it's... It's, it's not very doesn't feel very natural to admit to see a friend that oh I'm feeling really envious of you today yeah. I mean, sometimes you might ingest or in a light-hearted yeah. way yeah but it does feel like we don't talk about this stuff that yeah. much no I think you're right love and a big part of that too is it's part of the like almost like the ugly parts of our personality aren't mm. they and we're not all aquamarine rainbow sparkly colors when it comes to our personalities and our traits we are the dirty horrible greens and browns as well and so yeah it can feel really funky but that's why um I'm really passionate and will be really really passionate about kind of saying don't judge yourself on it we all feel it we all go through it it's and you know it's our choice but then whether we communicate it or not and if we do communicate it because you make a really good point there you could a friend see a friend doing really well oh my goodness you cheeky thing like, how did you manage that yeah that's great and although you might be like oh there's that pang of I want it too it does follow through to well that's pretty cool actually like if anyone if I want if anyone's going to do it I want it to be her yes um but then it can but then there are of course those relationships or those people that trigger our comparison so is that more about the state of mind that you're in at that point or is it about your relationship with that person? Because I've got friends, Ooh, yeah. say for example, like you say, who are doing amazingly well and I genuinely feel nothing but pleasure in seeing yeah. them doing well and I want yeah. them to do even better yeah. and there is not even one hint of a pang yeah. of self-reflection of why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. Is that is that more about where I am in that state you know at that moment or is that about my relationship with that person yeah. oh that's such a great question I think it can sometimes be both because for example I felt if I think about myself because I kind of joke I am the case study here like I'm constantly trying to improve and learn and the hope that I'll get to the high 90% of free of this you know <laughs> um but for me I found the comparison or that the envy that comes with it too will happen with with mostly people I don't know very well mm. and what I'm able to what my comparison mind is able to do is fill in all the gaps yes. because I don't know the real story yeah. and then I'll invariably come off come off badly and you know give myself 
fantastic to beat myself with. So I think comparison is about the state we're in and also, yes, the relationship we have with that with, with someone because there'll always be kind of maybe a, a really good friend that you've maybe, you know, kept on par with here and there. So we, whether it's for good or bad, we measure ourselves a little bit on what they're doing, how they're going, because we can see so many points of parity and similarity between us. But interesting, I think it's, it's absolutely about the state that you're in and mm. what your comparison wants to hook on to. Because like I say, you know, when I, I had a really um, like weird sticky comparison last year with someone in our industry. And like he and I have very little in common apart from a few pals. But I just kind of really started to pit myself against him. Yeah. Even though I would be so, I, I would never talk about this to him. I'd be so embarrassed because it's like I said, it's just the party personality like running wild. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there I am being the comparison coach and have like facing this like really hardcore assignment with him um but yeah I, I've looked into that myself and I think sometimes it can be the the day that it happens mm. as well because if you're feeling really aligned and you're taking action or you're just feeling like you're in flow comparison can't really get in it's like you put yourself almost in a zorb of protection but when you are feeling maybe a little bit unsure or things are feeling slow or you're not you're not feeling like really committed or focused or passionate um that's when comparison can get in and so if you were feeling like that one day let's say a friend um I don't know let's say a friend um celebrates a great work win if you're feeling pretty cool and like level in in terms of how you're feeling you see that news you can fist pump it's like brilliant I'm delighted for you but if maybe you've got PMT or like oh comparison and PMT I'm like oh my god I just like disown myself (laughs) for a couple of days but if you've got PMT or you've had just a bit you know you've had a couple of knockbacks that week it's been a stretchy week you might see that news come out and actually it makes you feel like oh another person's best than I can yeah. than I am so I think there are n- n- numerous things at play there yeah and also you mentioned that um that you can fill in the gaps of that person's story yeah. is that where social media becomes quite a dangerous kind of playing ground with comparison yeah. because you're only seeing part of the story yeah I think that's one of the I, I, I kind of when I talk about this life I say that um we're in almost like an epidemic of comparison because social media and technology are such a power couple. And where we find out most of our inf- information now is on the grapevine. It's on it's on social media. So yes, of course, I think it leads us to kind of like gather up all the breadcrumbs we can and we, we add them together and we kind of create this... Um, they create a story of how things happen for them, forgetting about when they kind of posted that thing at two in the morning saying they were really struggling with their confidence or whatnot. Mm. We all rushed in to support them. Yeah. And then um, we kind of forget that because, you know, feeds do look so beautiful these days. It's interesting, I was writing about this um, a couple of days ago in that I, I have kind of felt quite, um, what's the word? I felt a little bit conflicted myself in terms of wanting wanting to create a place and a community online, which looks nice if people want to come in and hang out, but not getting caught up in the curation element of it so much. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I've done lots of training and such like, to understand like how can I make you know, Instagram better and how can I bring my very best game and etc but I do sometimes feel like I'm being like the things I've been taught and I've done I've done too many courses now and I've learned the same thing now several times so if you see me spending any more money on that, money on that please stop me love um but it's the, there's such a lot of um, focus put on it must look a certain way and consistent etc yeah. and so I think we can compare how we're looking as much as what we're reading about too but I've just kind of made myself a bit of a promise that I would like 
like Instagram just to choose one channel because social media isn't just that but when like you spend most time on the gram you feel like it is yeah <laughs> and also it's one of those one of those kind of social you know channels that it's visual and there's content yes. behind it so exactly it feels like people are drawn there and there's more more opportunity to yeah, you know, communicate with people. So. Completely. I just want to try and be more scrapbook, less show real on there. Okay. Um, because I've, I've found that I wasn't posting things, I didn't have a picture to go with them, even though it was a message that was on my heart and I really wanted to share. And equally, I've you know hesitated posting things because, I'm like, oh, have I said something? Does that look the same as that? And it's like, hold on a second. Like, I'm not, I'm not, a, like, I love sharing my voice and I'm doing bits on blogs, but my job is like, my day job's a coach. So I have to be careful I don't get caught up in, like, I need to be like that, I need to be yes, like them. Yeah. And actually, that's not my core. I think that's just such a tricky thing. And I think that's yeah. something that's so many people struggle with it's that kind of expect we've almost kind of like morphed a lot of us have morphed into this version of how we think we should be online because that's what we see everybody else doing and that's yeah that's become the norm and I think actually if all of us just went stop (laughs) take a step back (laughs) let's just post pictures of I mean I'm like the worst person for posting kind of like insta cliche pictures of like an ice cream or (laughs) some peonies or you know because they make me happy when I see them on my feed and but then I just think why am I doing this you know and that's even cool to ask the question though because if you say why am I doing this you're like because I love peonies post Mm. the peonies you know like no shade I think whatever kind of makes you feel like you're participating but it's again it's that that veil of pressure though isn't it like what part is the should element of this and what part is me and then yes. um, if we're not careful, we can really overthink it too. And it's like, you want to be spontaneous as well. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> the overthinking is definitely a risk. Yeah, so I think that for a lot of parents who are on social media, um, you know, they're scrolling through Instagram and they see this perfect vision of, you know, family life. Mm. And actually, it's really good to take a step back and remember that, like you say, that's a showreel. That's not yeah. necessarily you know, the arguments, like, there's been times that I've posted a picture on Facebook of us having this, like, family day out, and it has been, like, the biggest nightmare day out with yeah. my little girl, yeah. just refusing to listen to anything we have to say, and just being really grumpy all day. Yeah. But you look on Facebook and you think, wow, they're totally <laughs> look at bliss. nailing yeah, family exactly. life. <laughs> it looks you know, like bliss. It really doesn't represent, and I think it's really important for us all to remember that, yeah. that what we're looking at isn't reality, but also, how much responsibility do you think we have to you know to really think about what we're putting out Mm. there and to get that balance and that honesty yeah I think well that's another great question because it's almost trying to be the change we want to see and making sure that we are being authentic really and I'm also not feeling like we have to share everything too because I'm not I don't want to be so cynical to say like vulnerability is cool but it is absolutely brilliant that we're seeing people, whether they've got two followers or they're just in a local mums and babies group and they're talking in like real life mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> to share what's going on. And we need to be there for each other. And the more vulnerable we are and, you know, the more we can help each other too. And we, we help other people be vulnerable too and share what's really going on for them. So... I think it's interesting with social media, though, because there is, it's so easy for things to look perfect and we get pulled into, you know, well, I want this to be like the fun part of the day and putting on social media. It's not judging ourselves if um, maybe we're not telling the whole story because, like, we're not, none of us should have to feel like we're being the social media police. And we don't have a, we don't yeah. have a responsibility <clears throat> to, 
to log every single part of our day in a public way. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's remembering that too. So you can take time, you can take the whole day off social media. You can take, you know, make sure you're checking it in the mornings at a time that feels right for you as well. Mm. But it's just remembering that we all, we all participate in this. And that's why I think it's easy to, it's easy to be judgmental. But if we had to be, if we had to like turn the mirror back on ourselves, you know, I've, gotten into double figures trying to get the perfect selfie you know when I've kind of like moved my things like my my food's going cold as I'm in a restaurant and I'm moving and I'm like Alki take your phone off the table and you know we're out having a romantic date night I'm like can you be quiet can you move it the shadow of you is in my shot and all this you know so we all participate in it and there's no malice in it mm. but it is important just to recognize when it's it's kind of creeping um, into it's creeping into maybe dictating things a bit too much there really yeah. and also with what's great like I say is about um, Instagram and social media being a great place to just talk authentically about our feelings but be really careful as well not to make your life the fodder of other people mm. so it's not about being don't I, I want to live in a world where we can trust each other enough that we can just say what we think and say what we feel and people will either like it or they won't but that ultimately it's best that you do express it especially with social media such great communities express it to ones you love as well but if you if it feels raw for you I would just want to say please don't feel like you have to be sharing almost like a diary unless that feels right for you yes only because like your life your heart is just too important to become the fodder and gossip of other people yeah. and when we put things out there it does, they will get talked about yeah. even if it's just someone DMing you saying that really you know really touched me today I hope you're okay you know there's often such good feelings such warmth there as well but if you haven't healed it don't put it out there just yet yeah. because um, there's also you might have heard of this expression like a vulnerability hangover no I haven't heard so that. You might post something and then the day after you regret posting it or you are worried about what you know what you've put out there because you and that's not to you know sometimes we'll express an opinion or share something and the people that we know and that care about us they might not know about it so it can bring up all sorts of things like what will my mum think or what will my partner think about this because I've just put that in the world or oh you know this feels like it only happened a little while ago and am I talking about it too soon so we can almost have a hangover from sharing too much and the thing is once it's out there it's out there too so people talk about having a digital footprint but it's actually a digital tattoo because even if you um take it down um it might have been screen grabbed Mm. which is fair enough um but all people will have seen it um and it will exist somewhere even if you take it down so because we only have certain controls the what it's important that we put like checks in place for ourselves such that we don't overstretch ourselves because you know (laughs) Like, like living in the modern world is not for the faint-hearted and um, social media can be a great fun place to hang out and lead to such beautiful connection but I, I also can see some people like overstretching themselves a little bit and then it pings back mm. and it's not saying you deserve it but it's like you need to anticipate there's a ping there's a pendulum swing we've seen it happen with some of the um you know really big influencers and um, um, you know, they have handled things their own way, and that's all good. The, the thing I sometimes get a little bit surprised at is that they're surprised, though, right? Um, around things too, in terms of if you're putting things out there in a certain way and you've got a certain following, there's going to be a response. It's yeah. just like it isn't a private account, so you don't really get to say. And that that, <clears> even, <throat> that even applies, even if you've got. 150 followers on Instagram or Twitter it does because ultimately you know you are still putting yeah putting your thoughts and your feelings out there to 
your smaller community. Absolutely right. And that's the thing. I love that and um, what you shared there as well because it is a community. Like people talk about followers, but every number, apart from the bots obviously, but every number's a beating heart. Mm. You know, so whether you've got like twenty and you know you're trying to get to a thousand or you're eighty thousand trying to get hundred, whatever it is, it's remembering that they're all people. Yeah. Every individual is a person. Mm. Um then that's you know and once you remember that it stops social media feeling like such a faceless place as well. Yeah. Definitely. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Um... So you talked a bit about in the past about comparison triggers. Mm. Um, how do we work out what our comparison triggers are? Yeah. I think for me in, yeah. in the kind of past sort of few years, so I, I've got a seven-year-old daughter and then I've suffered from secondary infertility for quite a few years mm. and struggled to have um, any more children. And um, so for me, definitely a comparison trigger was seeing, you know, uh, kids with their brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and seeing people talking about you know beautiful like sibling relationships mm. and how you know honored they are to watch their kids grow up and develop these bonds and all of that yeah. kind of stuff so I definitely saw that as being a comparison trigger mm. for me mm. in the last few years um but how you know would someone listening mm. be able to work out what are the things that make me compare myself to that person in a really negative way I think we'll each have our individual ones and I think you know to keep it kind of plain language it comes down to a feeling Mm. so there'll be perhaps your comparison shows up such that it's pretty it might affect lots of different things it might be a general state where you are because I've lived in this state before where I was almost had this like stock exchange up down up down up down going on in my head because I would compare my body and my work and my exam results and my swimming badges when I was a kid you know like high octane stuff yeah. um latterly now that I'm a grown-up in appearance anyway um latterly it, it tends to be my work and career okay. that comparison comes up for me and because I know and I've come to know that because of how my comparison influences my behavior so I were you know I have in the past and I dare say I will again so no judgment I've always had some people under surveillance I'm like I wonder what they're doing today and I'm like on their stories checking in like their mum on whatsapp I think we all do <laughs> that know, right? we all have one or two people yeah. that we kind of just yeah check in with eye on. And, then, yeah. and then it kind of would be I wouldn't even follow them and I'd be looking at them so I'd actually be seeking them out taking time out of my day to go and have a look yeah um then you know other other indicators about our comparison triggers are that there'll be certain people that make us feel a bit oh or oh you know and mm. that kind of emotional boil up equally there'll be certain types of content that we might see so for example um 
I really love speaking as part of my job, which is cool. And I would love one day to do a TED Talk. And about, um, oh, I think it was about a year ago, I saw uh, someone kind of from my industry had done a TED Talk and she was flying to like America or somewhere like that. Wow. And I like kicked off. I bet you did. And I actually said, it's not fair. <laughs> So little seven-year-old Lucy (laughs) jumped up out of a buggy (laughs) or a high chair, whatever. Um, Yeah, and just had and had a tantrum. Yeah, and that you know, it clear as day said to me, "There's comparison there. It's not healed." But more than this, what's going on? Mm. Um, And I think that's the that's really the ultimate. If I was going to one one really one of the keys, I think, to curing comparison is really having awareness. So it's so easy to see the thing, see the trigger, have the comparison come up, and then it boil up with all its um, emotions and its cocktail. And for me as well, when I'm in comparison, it feels very it feels very physical. Yeah. So um, I compare it to, like you know, the National Geographic programs, they have those hot geysers in Iceland, and they're yeah. like really stinky hot water. That's what it feels like <laughs> for me. It, like from the bottom of my tummy right up, and then it coats me again as it comes down. Yeah. It's a like, horrible emotion. But it's really easy to stay in that state because it's familiar and as long as I'm in that state then they're wrong or they're undeserving and I'm right or I'm I'm under you know I'm undeserving too I can stay in that state because it's comfortable mm. my inner critic's in charge but then if, if I can then quickly follow that with though what's going on or what is this trying to tell me or teach me that immediately like puts comparison at arm's length again because you can't be in comparison and then like have the self-inquiry to explore it at the same time like one has to override the other yeah so even being out of state if I notice what I'm feeling here and look at and looking at observing it gets you out of that like hot water yeah um and so and then we're able to kind of see it and work through that too because it's easy to know when we're in comparison but what I would say is we might describe the feelings differently and we will all be triggered by things differently as well. So, and, and that, as we kind of shared before in our conversation, that is often influenced by the state we feel like we're in as well. Yeah. So if I'm having a good day, if I was having a good day and I saw that person get a TED Talk, oh, brilliant, another person I know has got a TED Talk, that means that mine must be on the way. Yeah, or um, you might think, right, I'm going to hit them up for like tips on how they manage exactly. to make that happen. I'm going to flood those comments with emojis and congratulations, mm. I'm all over it, I'm going to throw a gif in there but I wasn't in a good state so it was like oh it's not fair and I just had to basically take take a bit of time to calm down around it but move through it and this is one of the things I kind of teach clients too in that um so I'll I'll be aging myself here but I remember the original Crystal Maze right that's (laughs) iconic I think it's fair to say iconic I look at a comparison a bit like that Comparison is trying to give us a crystal of insight. It's trying to give us a, like a, a zap of knowledge or a really clear signal about something that's going on or not going on in our own lives. So our invitation is to kind of feel the feelings, get in there, get the insight, and then get out again. That's a really interesting way of looking at yeah. it. Because, so maybe perhaps if I share this in context. So an example that I use a lot because I think it's easy for a lot of people to get is that so I had a client that came to me a couple of years ago and um, she was, you know, we had a call just, you know, to suss out, you know, if I could help and support. And what was immediately clear is that she'd had a couple of people into surveillance and that her trigger was around um, travel and adventure, I suppose, to kind of use a plain term. Mm. So she worked in the events industry and she was really triggered when she saw people um, like checking in at departure lounges and, um, you know, doing those like hot dog legs, you yes. know, in between meetings, <laughs> lol, <laughs> um, you know, and, and just having, and having a great time. 
traveling with their work or for pleasure as well you know oh here's the spice market of you know Rajasthan etc and mm. there she was sat at her desk kind of looking out at, you know just a, a gray cityscape now her crystal of insight which we we're able to unpick is that when we kind of explored where she was at around this area, she actually hadn't had a holiday, let alone a big, you know, juicy adventure for like a couple of years. Mm. You know, she could track back to have, taking a long weekend to go to, you know, a family wedding in France and that kind of thing. And she had like, you know, Condé Nast Tra- Travelers um, magazine and um, stacking up next to her, her bedside table. But had she actually taken any steps at all to, you know, start saving for that long haul fly or to, you know, get in touch with a travel advisor to help her plot the journey? No, she hadn't done anything with that at all. And on top of that, she was exhausted. She worked in the events industry. It's very deadline driven. And she wasn't she didn't like to delegate. So she was taking on all of the pressure and all of the responsibility for so many projects. So. It's with that insight and with it being clear that actually adventure and like enjoying and immersing herself in culture was not and it was it was non-negotiable actually and what she did she starved that part of herself for years and years mm. so her so what bit from getting that insight was to you know I think it was like the Monday after the Thursday I'd seen her she was in her boss's office like before he'd even taken his coat off she was sat there ready to talk to him wow. and she said you know I've been doing some reflection I really need some time out and time away um for, for these reasons and he said to her I've been waiting for us to have this conversation for the last year oh my goodness. he's like there's only so many hints I can drop to you <laughs> you know really and like, things like you know there'd be big status meetings and he'd ask things like when's everyone taking holidays or you know is there anything we need to be aware of bearing in mind this project and people say oh well I'm away this day or I'm you know on this project and he'd look at us like have you got any holidays booked to her like no one else he'd mm. always ask her and she'd always say oh no no I can cover or no no it, it's sorted and you know without him kind of saying get out of the office you know, for all, you know for lots of different reasons there was no other way people just couldn't get it through to her yeah. and she but she got there herself which was great and then she did end up and she and she does now do a couple of like long hauls a, a year so she did like a fly and flop to Dubai or something like that or just a really easy sunshine um like rejuvenation holiday and then she'll you know do she'll go like always pick somewhere on a map and then chart how she can make a trek or a trip out wow. of it and that's her non-negotiable now so no matter how busy life gets no matter how um stressed out she's at work she always knows that's coming yeah. and now she'll see people checking in um on facebook or whatever she's like well i'll be there soon you know so what do you do if you work out what your trigger is and it's not something that so say for example if she wasn't yeah. in a financial position mm. to start booking trips yeah. or say you know thinking about my example if i if my trigger was happy families with lots of siblings yeah. Yeah. And the reality for me was that th- this is it. I can't yeah. have any more children. Yeah. Is that about self-preservation? Is it about protecting yourself and not, you know, kind of exposing yourself to mm. that, that kind of comparison track? I think that's a really important part of it, actually. Because not to... I would never necessarily advocate putting ourselves in these, like, echo chambers. But I do think it's really important if we are feeling in it, we are, if we are feeling vulnerable in a state, or we are going through something, whether it's health, family, or it could be anything. If it feels important for us, and it fe- if it feels real, then it's real. Mm. So then I do think it's really important to make sure we are exercising, ex- you know, exquisite and ex- explicit self care as well. And that does start with looking at what we're following, um, and also, you know, and so making sure we're hiding or just putting things on rest for a bit that we do find is triggering for us. Just while our confidence and our strength comes back, just while we maybe see through 
the, the steps we need to walk for, to get the answers that we want to get ultimately for ourselves as well. I do think preservation is really important there too. And also um, making sure that we're not just getting online support as well. Because what's great is people coming together, in whether it's DMs or on WhatsApp or Messenger or whatever it is, or in the comments section even. It's brilliant to have that you know, vibrant discussion. You get a lot of support there too. Making sure when we are in those times that we're really tending our real-life connections that feel good. Um, and that might... And so that can be about preservation as well. So if you are, you know, going through something like, so for example, with your example there that you've shared there too, it might be actually you need to just spend time with your partner and just like nourish each other yeah. until you work out like what are going to be the steps through. They don't have to have all the answers, but just the next steps, just feeling a little bit better. It doesn't even have to be the, the steps to getting the answer that we so want, although yeah. of course there's going to be the appetite for that as well. But that might also, so that, that might also um, mean um, making sure that you are, taking your, yourself out and doing the things that you enjoy with the people that you love as well. So if, for example, you've got a couple of mates that maybe are a little bit nosy and we're all naturally inquisitive, but if you're not ready to sit and unpack this stuff every time you go for lunch, it might be just pressing pause on that. And it's just like, just you know, not going off the radar, but just putting a little bit of distance between you and that personality as well while you do preserve and while you do restore as well just come back up to yourself too and give yourself the time and permission to go through whatever you need to go through as well unapologetically because I think that's when we see when we're in pain or we've you know we we see someone else in pain too we almost want to push them through it Mm. when actually the most the kindest thing we can do to ourselves is just like let ourselves feel it because we're not wrong have that made a mistake that's exactly it that's exactly it and stay checked in with that too and it might be you know what I'm not going to see that person for a year or do you know what I'm going to take the app off my phone the end not just like you know put it on quiet and not check it as much you make the right choices for you because whatever they are, people will understand down the line, ultimately. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, we joked about this when we were just getting set up, didn't we, in terms of we've got to give ourselves and each other more credit. You know, I live, I want to live in a world where I believe people are doing their best. Yeah. And they don't always get it right, and there will be missteps. Well, welcome to human race. I won't always get it right, and I'll make missteps as well. And that's so be, important. And yeah. And there'll be no malice in it, but I could, I could really mess things up for myself and others. I could hurt someone's feelings as well. And there's never any malice in it, but unfortunately we don't always get it right. When we are going through our experience, whether it's good or bad, whether it's caused by comparison or not, you've just got to do what's right for you. Like, that is the only brief. And that's down to, like, what you eat, what time you get up in the morning, whether you choose to check the apps or not. It's being forensic almost about that. Because what that does is it nourishes us and it can bring us back to life. And then we can be in a state where if we need to make a decision, we can make it. Yeah, I love that. Um, And then what if, um, say, for example, your kind of recurring comparison issue is with a friend. So say, for example, if you're renting and, you know, you've got a friend who buys an amazing massive property and they're spending loads of money doing up and buying beautiful, you know, furnishings. And it just makes you look at your own life and feel like, why haven't I got that? Because that's like an ongoing thing. And if that's a friend that you want to carry on being friends with, how do you take a step back and deal with those issues and preserve your friendship? Yeah, so I think I get this one and I really I think this resonates a lot with lots of people. So this is so this is such a perfect question. This for me comes down to thinking about time zones and that your friend is in a different time zone to you. So I saw this great video about this. I must find the reference for it. We have a great video in that um, 
no, like New York gets up, say, six hours before LA, but no one accuses LA of being like behind, <laughs> you know, or like a bit lazy yeah. or like, you know, just going with it. Um, and no one sees New York as like being the leader. Yeah, being ahead. Yeah, they're two very dynamic, very different places that are in their own time zones. And when um, we see people hit milestones before we've got there ourselves, it can create this false sense of them being ahead. Excuse me. But actually, they're just doing what's right for them in their time zone. And our time will come to do what's right for us in our time zone. And if it if that acts as a stimulus for you to get your act together and look at where your finances are at, I mean, you might have had your head buried in the sun since your early 20s or earlier before that, which, by the way, is totally fine. Like, a lot of us have very complicated <laughs> um, relationships with money, but that's a whole other episode for mm. us to talk about. But if it is triggering a comparison of, I want that too then I think the best thing to do there is, like, what the, what's the next best step you can take? Well, it might be have a look at where your debt's at and where your income's at. Because often we're in a much better, step, we're in a much better state than we think we are to. Mm. Um, and yet also, what's really important is we think about, like, what it might have took for our friends to get there. So they might have, someone very dear to them might have died for them to be able to have the money for the deposit. And they'd give anything to have that person back on earth, you know. Equally, um, they might have been working their ass off mm-hmm. non-stop for years. And actually, when you think about it, they don't go out much. They don't go on holiday. So they've had their focus on maybe saving and accumulating. Now, what's that doesn't have to say is, right, no more Pizza Express for anybody. <laughs> and like, you know, cancel Marbella or yeah. wherever you want to go on your holidays. But what I think it does say to us is that if someone, if we see someone achieving what they want to, what's our version of that and what's our path to it as well? Because um, there's this great expression, you see it all over Pinterest, it's a little bit cliche to be honest, but I'll say it anyway, but a year from now, you'll um, wish you started today. Mm. And, and, the same, and the same things like that my friend Gail always has this great expression, which is future self says thank you. The whole future self thing, I think, just resonates so much with me because yeah, it's so easy to just think about present self. Yeah. And a lot of us will reflect on what we were like in the past as yeah, well. We might it. beat ourselves up about things that we've done yeah. um, or not done. Um, but yeah, thinking about your future self, yeah. I think really, really helps, doesn't exactly. it? And it doesn't even have to be like, oh, it'll take us 20 years to get there. It's like, well, it might, but you don't know. It could take you seven. I know like what I was doing seven years ago. And seven years ago, me would have been so chuffed to know that I was doing this now. So yeah. excuse me. So it's, it's, it's using that as a stimulus to kind of obviously get behind the person if you can if it is triggering what is that there to tell you yeah what you know so that it doesn't get in the way of the relationship as well because that you know that can be very triggering itself too but I think it's like making sure that like we we are all so resourceful you know if I if you know someone emailed you about can you help me in a certain way like I don't know but I will figure it out and come back to you we're so resourceful we could dig so deep and I think sometimes we forget we're sitting on that for ourselves yeah there's a beautiful expression which is the oak tree lives within the acorn and I think, you know, you might be renting now, but where is your... Okay, what's your version of your Downton Abbey? Because yeah. it's in you somewhere right now. And what are the steps to get there? And also, is, is there anything to be said for maybe accepting the fact that, using that same example, okay, so I'm renting and my friend just bought this palatial, you know, house mm. doing it up. Actually, that isn't ever going to happen for me. Therefore, mm. I'm going to just make peace with the fact that... Mm. I'll probably be renting forever mm-hmm. and 
that's okay. Is yeah. there anything, you know... Certainly, yeah. What is the Parisians, doesn't it? You know, they, <laughs> they all think we're absolutely bananas. Um, like, you know, going, getting on the property ladder. It's a very British thing, isn't it? It's so it? British. The obsession yeah. of buying property. Completely. Um, so, yeah, I would almost like... Quit, there's almost like a step back from that, which is great you've touched on here. It's like, almost question, like, who does that belief belong to? Yeah. Is it because your mum and dad put so much pressure on all of your siblings and you're the only one that hasn't got on the career ladder? I mean, excuse me, on the property ladder in that way but you know who does that belief belong to and actually you might be renting but you live in like an absolutely beautiful place with amazing transport links and you can get to an airport in so amount of time and you know there's there's pros and cons to do with everything I think because sometimes we do inherit dreams or we have our own and then they look they go past their sell by date yeah because I had I had a client actually who had some anxiety about not being on the property ladder um so she'd saved and saved and got this um, chunk of deposit together but she didn't want to buy a house she wanted to go traveling you know or she wanted to actually invest in a startup that her brother was trying to get off the ground so she was sitting there with like 30 grand and she kept seeing all these properties which were perfect for her but it wasn't aligned with her which is why she couldn't connect with them yeah. and in the end she did shove half of it um a brother's way and they're doing really well it's going to be amazing when it um, launches properly but it was important for me to kind of say, hold on, who does that belong to you, though? Because if it doesn't put it down and go and stay at your mates, have a great time. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, and I think a lot of, for mums and dads, especially yeah. when they're kind of in those early stages of, of parenthood, um, I reckon a lot of the comparison probably happens, if we're talking about social media, yeah. it probably happens at 3am when they're up, you know, doing yeah. a night feed, and they're knackered and sleep-deprived, yeah. Um, is there any kind of anything that they can do to when they're in that kind of almost slightly crazed state mm. of mind, which you do get when you're properly sleep yeah. sleep deprived, you do have that properly, yeah. you yeah. feel a bit bonkers. Yeah. Is there anything that you can tell yourself at that point mm. to pull yourself back from the comparison trap? Well, I th- yeah, when you're in that state, it's uh, this really comes down to self care. Like, how do you just feel okay? I mean, that is. Re- I really feel like so. I used. To, I still get anxiety here and there. I used to have it regularly, and it was quite acute. So I am all for neutrality. So I'll, I will answer the question. But I just want to share this. Um, I think we think that we have to like we either have to be in, we have to be in a good state, we've got to be positive, we've got to be present, we've got to be really with it. Well, actually, just feeling okay is, when you haven't felt okay feels like winning the bloody jackpot it does it? it does so what i was so and i just want to kind of really state that because especially parents who have so much pressure on like not only just like to keep this like beautiful being or beings alive and then keep the roof over the head etc not to mention like you know uh you know being the perfect vegan chef as well <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever it is yeah i would say looking at what is going to make you feel okay so that might be that um, you leave you ro- you actually leave the phone in another room and you go downstairs with the baby and um, you put something fun on Netflix or you um, you get an audio book which just puts something else in your ears okay. and just takes the stimulus away from your eyes. So that, I mean, you know, if they're being a bit grisly, of course, I'm not being like, oh, be really present with your child. You're, yeah. like, you're tired. I get it. I am not here. Like, that's not candy coat it, right? <laughs> but what can you do in the moment which will just make you feel 5% better? Um, and that will sometimes be, well, I'm going to, like, turn this horrible strip light off that I've got in the kitchen. Why do we even get that anyway? <laughs> you know? And it might be that, you know, you light a candle while the, the you know, just to do something for you to yeah. bring a little bit of softness into that moment. Because um, 
I've got a 19 year old stepson but I never had to do night feeds obviously with yeah. him because we came into each other's lives when he was nine but yeah that is a real that is a state where you just need to feel like you're getting just past survival yeah. so it's like those tiny little wins those tiny steps will make all the difference so even if it's things like you know you treat yourself to a really lovely dressing gown so even if you are kind of you know, naked and bedraggled, getting out of bed and you hear that little voice going, at least you're putting on a really lovely dressing gown and you go and pick, if it's your turn, you pick up the baby and you do what you've got to do. But, you know, make sure that the chair you've got is as comfortable as it possibly can be. You know, that old Ikea thing that you said you threw out five years ago and haven't got around to it, it's not going to cut the mustard. So I say anything you can do to make all of it 1% better, I would say gets the focus. Brilliant. I'm, and, t- I'm taking notes, Lucy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be me in a few months' time. Yes, yes. At 3am, I'm going to be there with my dressing gown and my, yeah. my posh chair. <laughs> yeah, and your Joe Malone candle. <laughs> I love it. Right, I've got some uh, quick fire questions oh, for lovely. you. Um, okay, when was the last time that you compared yourself to someone else? Be honest. Um, oh, last week. Oh, really? Yeah, what was it? I actually compare myself most times in the day. I do. I compare myself most days, but what I would say is my recovery time's different now. Right. So I'm like, ooh, rather than ah, oh, you yeah. know. <laughs> Sorry to only express it through those words, but like the emotion <laughs> is different on the scale. I get it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I. So I've been. I've been. I was like working with a personal trainer, and I made the mistake of looking at. I think it was like Transformation Tuesday or Throwback Thursday or something. I think it was only last week. And I was like, oh my goodness, they've been working out for a much shorter amount of time than I have, and they're older than me and they they just look so well yeah. you know and they're they're lifting more and oh she's got much nicer leggings and I was like what is going on this is like Debbie in Alabama or something like like Tucson Arizona or somewhere like really random good old Debbie with her leggings oh Debbie and her leggings don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> but yeah last week brilliant um what's your worst habit oh my goodness um, procrastination I think I find it quite easy to get overwhelmed and I'm like I'm going for a nap mm. <laughs> so I think that I, I think that and, and I would if I could have a second worst habit the inner critic and like this old story I have that I'm a flake okay. I have this really persistent story that I, could, I, I probably will have for a, a long time it's something I like I've been coached on and I've had therapy on etc because it's really limiting um but yeah bad habit of um just like being really mean to myself about it you know if I if I ever make a misstep or a mistake I will always come back to that right and it's really persistent yeah. so I'm going to call that I'm calling it out um as a bad habit it really sounds like it is yeah and I yeah. am messy Oh my god! Are Alison, you? I'm so. Messy. I'm looking around your flat, and it really doesn't look that messy. I'm so delighted! Thank you so much. Please tell my mummy you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you very much. But I am an absolute nightmare. I really am a nightmare. Um, so and that I've just I'm now no self. I've just tried to accept it about myself. You know what? I'm messy. Yeah. I'm also a good mate. I'm a great cook. This is it. I throw a great kitchen party. Yeah. But I'm messy. There are people out there who are really really tidy and clean, and they are terrible. In the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's about balancing it. It's just my it. thing. Exactly. It's all good. Um, so I usually ask people what their most embarrassing parenting moment is, but I want ah. to know from you just in general, yeah. your number one most embarrassing moment. Oh my God. Something you've done or that's happened to you that's um, just... Oh, this this is kind of funny. It always comes up around um, when I do think of embarrassing moments. I remember when I was, well, I was about 19 or so and I'd started a work placement and for a few reasons, like a couple of bosses had left and I'd find myself in these meetings. I had no business being in because I was 19 years 
years old and I didn't know my ass from my elbow. And um, I remember um, we were reading through this document and I went, what's hyperbole? And they were like, <laughs> and they were like uh, Lucy, it's hyperbole. And I was like, oh, sorry. And I just remember that moment. I was like, why didn't I just be quiet and go and look it up afterwards? Do you know what? I have been there. because there, are, Especially when you are, you know, in the workplace and you're maybe new there are definitely times when you see a word written down and you've never seen it written down before. So I would, I would be that person. <laughs> I so I, I just wanted the floor to kind of swallow me up, basically. But there is, there are so, there are so many. Like I'm always getting people's names wrong because I say them really confidently. They're always too polite to say anything oh, else. No. So I've got my friend Helen um, that I called Hannah the whole first day we met, <laughs> and so she DM'd me later. She went, because I think we're gonna stay pals. Really enjoyed meeting. I need you to know that my name is actually Helen. I'm That's like, really good that oh, she said thank that. You. Yeah, I was gonna say because we nearly went to the point of no return. Um, but yeah, I, I do that quite a lot and um I'm always like for that especially if I've got PMT you know you get your brain goes a little bit doesn't it yeah. and like I push a door instead of pulling it I'm like I can't even open a door oh. and I'm like losing it like in you know Pret-a-Manger or something like you're all right love <laughs> so yeah so many so many it's just part of life it really it? is yeah gotta think, laugh at yourself I think it's really important to laugh at yourself and I think it's really important to be able to tell these stories yeah, and not want the ground to swallow you up now about it. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well absolutely. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Listen, Lucy, thank you so much for being my guest today. It has oh, been loved it. a huge pleasure to talk to you. I've loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank I've you. really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks. Big thanks to Lucy for being my guest today and a huge thank you to you for listening as always. Um, I really hope that you got something out of that episode. I know that I did and I'm going to try really hard not to compare myself quite as much. Uh, Hop over to iTunes and rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and I'll catch up with you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.